and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Craig Swan and Graham Young. On the pod today, we'll be discussing Celtic's return to action against Airdrie. How did new boys Timothy Weir and Oliver Burke fare in their first outing in the hoops? With the January transfer window drawing to a close, we look at the latest transfer news. Olivier and Cham and Kieran Tierney remain on the sidelines, so we'll discuss what impact their absence might have. And we look ahead to the return of Premiership football as Celtic welcome St Mirren to Parkhead. Uh, so boys, the winter break officially officially over. Celtic back in action at the weekend. Comfortable win over Erdre Graham. To, dispatched with a minimum of fuss, would you say? Yeah, uh, they were pretty dominant uh, throughout. Scott Bain obviously made that wonderful five saves uh, consecutively. He was very good actually. Once again, deputising for Craig Gordon. Thought they were better in the second half than they were the first. Oliver Burke uh, playing central striker role. Probably didn't come naturally to him, but there were some nice touches, especially the second half. Thought uh, Timothy Way obviously gave Celtic fans something to cheer about. Debut goal, he looked really sharp. He was excellent, pretty similar to Edward in some ways, picking up that space on the left hand side. He had a couple of low crosses that were causing danger as well. But overall, it was um, it was a bit of procession. They were very comfortable. Uh, I think kind of the perfect result to get back up and running. I had a, a really important run of fixtures. Yeah, Swanee, is that obviously <coughs> maybe like the kind of the perfect sort of fixture to bed in a couple of the new faces? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Oliver Burt's biggest problem probably over the last two years, but certainly this season as he hasn't played and he needs to get game time into his legs and people were making judgments on him a little bit after the game, but he's not a central striker and that's not the position he's going to play. It was basically with the injury situation with Odson Edward, it was an opportunity to play Burt in that position to get 90 minutes into his legs. So from that point of view... As you say, it was the perfect fixture. As Graham touched upon, they gave Timothy Way a, a gentle introduction to come into a game against a lower league opposition when you're two goals up. It's um, yeah, it was, it was the ideal fixture for both of them. And to be fair, after the winter break, and after, you know the, the lower league teams will say, "Oh, you know, the, it's harder for us. We've had to play." But it does take a little bit of time to get a bit of rhythm back. You saw it with Aberdeen, mm-hmm. Holt Stenhouse Muir. They didn't hit the ground running. Saw it with Kilmarnock against Forfar. They struggled in periods of the game, even though they never looked as though they were going to lose. Just takes a game to get up and running again. I think it's ideal. It's ideal timing for the if you get if you if you're unfortunate and you get a bad draw, it's not ideal. Mm-hmm. And you get a tough game, but if you got a lower league team, it's a great start. So where do we you know, obviously Burke probably not going to occupy that central striker role too often, but where are we more likely to see him? Is it going to be from the right hand side or from the left? Graham, do you think? Well, as you know, you uh, did a fantastic scouting piece on him <laughs> full with Monday Night Football <laughs> infographics and uh, it's in-depth in as they come that way <laughs> uh, but I think there's obviously options with him as well I, I, I know he's I think it was Dougie Friedman who was talking about him uh, who worked with him Norton Forest said he believes his best position's in the right wing but there's also the option that plays in number 10 as someone Rogic plays but he's away in Asia Cup due to Australia uh, I think there's a versatility to him as a player uh, as Swanee rightly said he's not going to play as a central striker, that's got to be more way, Edward, uh, moving forward. But I think that's the, the beauty of bringing him in on loan. I think gives Rodgers a chance to get working with him in the training ground and then from there see where he's best position. What do you think, Sonny? The other thing is, people keep looking um, at these individual players and, and trying to figure out where they'll fit into the team and who they'll be at the expense of. But what Celtic didn't have was options. They had to play yep. the same type of player in all different types of games that weren't the same games. For example... St Mern at home for Celtic on Wednesday night, compare that to what the game will be like in the Mestalla when they play Valencia. 
and, and they don't have much possession. You need a runner, a strong ball carrier, someone that can get the team up the pitch and his, and his legs and his power like Burke has got. So games like St Martin at home, Hamilton at home on Saturday that Celtic have got, those games probably aren't really Burke's games. That's probably not the type... He'll mm-hmm. probably feature more in the games where Celtic are likely to have less of the ball, away games. You can imagine him there yeah. instead of Tom Rogic when, you know, if Celtic are playing at home and they're looking for a wee bit of magic, Rogic is your man there. Whereas when you're looking for legs, they got him down in ball carry, that might be the time when Burke comes into the team. So I'm not sure it's quite as simple as this is... Because the obvious one would be, Scott Sinclair's been a great mystery this season. I know you might come on to him later. His figures look great. His performances don't mirror his figures. You know... He's to the naked eye, he doesn't look as though he's performing particularly well, yet he's got goals and he's getting assists. So you, it's, it's a bit of a but if you were looking at him, he would be the obvious one to be replaced. You're not mm-hmm. going to replace James Forrest, you're not going to replace Tom Rogic, you're likely not going to play him up front and replace Watson Edward. But I think it will be different games, different situations will dictate the team lineup more than that's going to be the position he'll play. Uh-huh. Be different. And Brendan Rogers obviously he spoke quite at length about Burke. After the after the game at the weekend, and Burke obviously spoke himself as well. But I've seen a, I've seen a few comments that off the back of what Roger said about you know Burke being far from the finished article, he needs his game refined and almost sort of stripped back was the kind of the kind of thing he was going for. And there's been I've seen a few comments that have said like, well, is this really what the kind of player that that Celtic need with the prospect of like a real a real title challenge, like a guy who's who needs a lot of work on his game. But as a kind of caveat to that, as you said, this one he's not coming in to be the main man. This is a guy who's coming in to give to give Celtic an option. So, what do you think? There's any you know, there's any credibility to that that that, that viewpoint? I think it's probably the part there's maybe a, a larger frustration about the overall maybe transfer strategy mm-hmm. or bringing players in. So. If a player's not coming in for X amount of money and making an, an instant impact, but there's Burke, he started his first game. He's obviously a player, a, a real talent, but his career's struggled in recent times. Come back to Leipzig, West Brom, it didn't really, it's not really worked out so far. But he's got, as Swanee made a great point there about games in the Mestalla, uh, big games away from home. There is, Celtic have really lacked that uh, for a while. That kind of power he has got that about his game. He's, he can take the ball for a run. And he's also someone, again going back to your very well written article, he's got this ability to get good low crosses in the box and provide something different. And it's not going to be an instant uh, thing where he's able to come in and score straight away and make a massive impact. But I think slowly and surely he'll build himself up and become an important player for Celtic. It's not, I don't think Rodgers is making it sound like a three year project or anything mm-hmm. like that. He's obviously on loan for yeah, six, six months. months. But if it takes a couple of weeks to get him up to speed, how Rodgers likes to work. He's very specific in what he wants from players, uh, then so be it. I think that's just the way it is uh, for Celtic at present. I think they can't uh, necessarily go out and uh, find the finished article. Yeah, because I mean, I used the Mestaya as an example, which is probably a bit of a lofty example. If you yeah. go back to before Christmas, Easter Road, for example, 100%. Celtic's passing game's not working, they don't really have a focal point. Burke's yep. the kind of guy who maybe like pick up the ball deep and run at people mm-hmm. and run past people and maybe and maybe score a goal from that. Celtic haven't had that option. They've not had it. Mm-hmm. And another option, obviously, now is Timothy Weah. Certainly, certainly looks apart. Certainly looks as if he's got the, the confidence and the swagger to to play for Celtic based off of that brief uh, brief perf- the appearance against Airdrie. Yeah, he's, he's obvious. Sorry, Graham, where you go? Oh no, he's. I, I think we both probably say the same thing. <laughs> he's a. a 
like something last year, like Charlie Masonda coming in, there was high hopes for him, but something about Wayne, the way he's been able to adapt to Celtic really quickly, he speaks with, he speaks with a lot of confidence, like Blyze, he's 18 years old, you know, you'd never know that about him, uh, he seems to be really involved, pictures for training today, uh, there's something about him, he's got a presence, obviously his dad was a fantastic football player, uh, maybe grown up around that, but he's been able to adapt to Celtic straight away, and I think he's a player of real potential, Neymar spoke about his ability, he's tipping them for the top as well. I think if you bring young players in, talented young, but not everyone's going to pan out, uh, irrespective of how much natural ability they have, but there's something about where uh, you could see, I you know, against the lonely league opposition, but there's a feeling I think Rodgers speaks uh, highly of him as well, so... I think there's an expectation to come in straight away and mm-hmm. make a massive impact. Yeah, again, we talk about options, Swanee, and is there the option now with Weah, who looks very, obviously did look very comfortable going through the middle, does that maybe bring the, the option of sort of maybe taking Odson Edward and allowing him to, to drift back out to that kind of almost inside left position that he that he played so well? They played so well in towards the end of last season when obviously Moussa Dembele was the man leading the line. Yeah, I mean, it's not something you would do from the start of a game. I mean, you're not no. going to say to Austin Edward, go and play off the left and ask Timo Weah with the greatest of respect to play up front as a nine. That's mm-hmm. not going to happen. I mean, that's, that's you back to Mikey Johnson and, and, and trying things like that. And Scott Sinclair and James Forrest is a nine that doesn't work. But And, and a game is a game's evolving. You yeah. can do that, yeah. And that's that's been the great secret of Celtic success. Guys have been able to interchange. James Forrest will turn up in the central area. He'll yep. turn up where he's you know expected maybe. It's just it's just options and variety of player. The two guys they brought in, they didn't have. They didn't have a, a little quick live wire with speed on the ball and in a, in a forward area. Other than Forrest, now they've got another one in where they didn't have a ball carrier like Burke. It's just adding options to the team. That's all it is mm-hmm. to me anyway, and and talented options. And what do we can <laughs> coming back to the game? I mean, a strange, strange day for Scott Sinclair. Uh, misses the penalty um, and then misses from all of two yards out, and then comes back, scores two goals. Was denied a perfectly good third goal. Um, I mean, it was a strange, strange day for him. Yeah, yeah. I think the start of the season it was it was looking pretty worried but just there was signs for last season that carried on to this that he wasn't able to beat a man he still struggles to do that as well each performance there's moments you go oh he's looking good but the, the way it started the penalty miss that's two in a row now and then the sitter obviously now that might be so we might touch upon the wee bit of the pitch you might look for <laughs> solace for that uh, but there was some signs of optimism as well I thought second half he was much more lively he was really unlucky for the goal which should have been his hat-trick he was miles onside it was a, a poor decision but I think there was a sign just before Christmas box, or just before uh, the winter break. Aberdeen away, he was excellent. Uh, grabbing his hat trick, looking really dangerous. And then at Ibrox, he was a passenger. There's still concerns, I think, among Celtic supporters at Sinclair. He, he's just not a player that, as yet, can be relied upon the way he was maybe in his first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's definitely playing at a higher level now. He probably was, I think, the first couple of months of this season, the tail end of last season. Uh, but I, he'd someday three goals, a penalty <laughs> miss, and an absolute sitter. Uh, I, it was pretty eventful for a pretty pedestrian game. Uh-huh. And is there a sense, Swanee, still that the the numbers that he's racking up are maybe masking his overall level of performance? Do you think? I think so. I mean, I'll probably get criticised for that. And Brendan Rodgers. I mean, Brendan Rodgers was the one who spoke quite openly after the game at Pretoria and described Scott Sinclair as a big game player. It's not happened enough in big games this season. Mm-hmm. Most of the numbers have been accumulated in games. Okay, the Aberdeen hat trick, I take that on board, but a lot of the goals have been scored against teams in the bottom six. 
Yeah. It's no... I understand the Ibrooks thing because he was very poor on the back of a hat-trick, but it would be desperately unfair to single him out because basically the entire outfield team never turned up that day. But the point is, I'm not sure there's been enough, you know, the big Europa League games and things like that. I'm not sure there's been enough from Scott Sinclair, to be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. in those games. For, the, for a, When your manager calls you a big game player, you need to turn up in those big games, and I'm not sure he has enough times this year. Uh-huh. And as well, there's just kind of moving on. Oh, oh, for, for, oh. Right, we'll cut that bit out. Um, and just to briefly round up the Airdrie game, is a good good sign seeing near Beaton back on the pitch just briefly after such a long a long period on the sidelines. Brilliant. I mean, we sat down with Nair in uh, Dubai at the at the trip, and he was just they almost had tears in his eyes when he was speaking. It was just so it's obviously been such a difficult time for him. Um, and I think he spoke himself about having an appreciation of everything he's got now, appreciation of what he's got at Celtic. He's always said he, he likes it there and mm-hmm. wants to stay. But, I mean, <laughs> players sometimes get, get better when they're out. As you know, when guys are out injured, they become, oh, sometimes. <laughs> Beton's been kind of the opposite from that. Uh-huh. He's almost been forgotten and ridiculed as this part of Beton's a good central midfield player. Uh-huh. He's an international central midfield player. Due to circumstances, he ended up having to play at centre-back, which caused a furore. And he wasn't, and that, again, that as Graham talk, touched on earlier, that was down to the transfer situation at that time. And Celtic hadn't signed a centre half, and he ended up getting pillared for it. And then, but when Nadby turns at the top of his game, it's good holding midfield player. Mm-hmm. And I think he, again, options, that's a good guy to have coming back. I think it's, I think it's a very good sign for Celtic. If he, if he plays eight or ten games between now and the end of the season and does a shift in the holding role, that's, call that a success, I'd wouldn't I'd you? Call that yeah. a success, yeah. And where Celtic are hoping for more success is obviously in the transfer market. You know, the clock's ticking a wee bit, and the big thing for amongst the supporters is they want to see a, a right back coming in. Um, are there any any further forward on that just now, Swanee? I think they're investigating various avenues. Um, you'll have seen it by by reading in, in the paper. The guys that have they've been attempting to get good quality but with good quality comes big transfer fees big wages big ambitions from these guys um, obviously Timothy Castagna the, the Belgian fullback was mentioned Timothy Castagna has made it pretty clear through his advisors that he sees himself in a bigger league than the Scottish Premiership nothing Celtic can do about that um, El Adabia the, the, from Olympiacos Olympiacos in a similar situation to Celtic ran a couple of years ago when teams were looking at Moussa Dembele, they want to win the league and they don't want to sell anyone. Mm-hmm. You can't really do anything about that. No. If, if you identify a player and a club doesn't want to sell them, there's nothing you can do. So, they're trying, clearly. Um, and you do find in these situations, I tend to find in the transfer window, there's a flurry at the beginning. Yeah. There's a flurry at the end. And I think at the moment, the supporters are in this kind of middle lull bit where they're sort of thinking, come on, come on, come on. I'm... You can be pretty sure that they're ferreting away in there and they're trying to get somebody. Mm-hmm. What the standard is, how much they're prepared to pay, how much they do pay, will ultimately have a big bearer on how the Celtic fans take it. And that's sometimes not the right way because you might get an absolute snip for 600 grand. Mm-hmm. But I think Celtic fans are looking for, they want to see a figure attached to the yeah, guy. They want, they want to see they're getting a, a top-class guy. Is that the problem then when you are linked with these guys, these 8 to £10 million pound players and then... Yeah. Suddenly, as Swanee says, it could be some guy who comes in for six hundred k. That that there is a there would be a, a kind of maybe a negative perception amongst 
about yeah. that which would be fans. wrong because the guy might be a uh-huh. cracking player uh-huh. but it's just that's how, that's how it is that's how people's minds work mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's supporters all across the country I think for a team like Celtic especially from the selling players as well it probably goes back to the end of the last transfer window Moussa Dembele £20 million out the door I think there's always that hope uh, probably leads to expectation that Celtic Peter Lowell the board will splash the cash but it's not always like that and I think Swanee alluded to their guys at Castagne if you identify a player of quality it'd be great to bring him in but if it's not possible to get a deal done then teams are similar to Celtic as well because Celtic a host of Celtic players you would, you would never be able to get in the January transfer window mm-hmm. and it's the same for teams look at English Premier League now very little movement and uh, it's very quiet at this stage as we can attest to run the transfer bog there's a massive flurry at the start and then it, towards the end of the window it really does pick up again so mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's a case of everyone biding their time because a lot of the ones have, have been built up and have almost been put in place in November and December yep. and then the ones get triggered through yep. in the beginning and then, it, and then everybody seems to draw back Take a breath and think. Right, what do we need now? And wait to see for the next batch of yeah. I mean, because Premier League availabilities, uh, Championship availabilities. What what happens abroad? Because everybody's involved in it. So uh-huh. you know, you can have an obscure team in in the Czech Republic buy a right back, and all of a sudden their right back becomes available. The whole domino effect starts. Uh-huh. So I think it's just that take a breath Biding period. Just time for a yeah. For this a time next week, that, I think that's when I'll start to kick in. Uh-huh. And there's. Possibly, uh, or maybe not this month, we understand, but this, especially in Portugal, you're seeing that this interest from Porto and Olivier and Cham just doesn't seem to be going away at the moment. No, they, they're clearly keen on him. Um, they were keen on him last summer. Um, I think they're pretty certain they're keen on him again. Uh, but the intimation, certainly, that was coming out from, from Portugal, Celtic don't talk about these type of things. It's not, he signed a new contract. Um, I think Porto, for what we can gather, for what's been reported over there what they seem to be briefing their media or what people seem to be finding out is Celtic want big money but it'll also be in the summer mm-hmm. the intimation they, they seem to be feeling that he won't be going anywhere until the summer so I don't expect anything to happen in this window you never know it's a transfer window but it almost almost reading between the lines of what's being reported in the Portuguese press would tell you that uh-huh. they don't think they're going to get him yeah but they're willing month. to they're willing to wait yeah, is they? yeah. yeah. I mean Graham I think it's almost kind of mirrors the, maybe not as big money, but um, there was the, the same thing happened with, with Stuart Armstrong when he went, he'd almost, um, after having that fantastic season and the, the invincible treble season, he didn't wasn't so much a prominent figure. And it's it's not quite the same, but Enchant well, had a great first season yeah. and he's not quite featured as much this season. You know, they've got that midfield now that's been the likes of uh, McGregor, Christy, Rogic, who have all come to the fore. Would it be as, would it seem as big a blow to lose him this this summer if it if it came to that? Yes and no. I think the player that played at Ibrox, uh, if that was a consistent run of form, then mm-hmm. probably not. But I think we touched upon this before. Uh, the previous four Celtic Rangers games, he was arguably the best player in the park, and mm-hmm. that was. And I know he was poor at Ibrox, but at times last season, that second half of last season, he took. The first half of that season to bed in, there was a couple of shaky moments and games, but the second half of last season, he was the best player in Scotland. Range of passing, good finishing, good in the tackle as well, that's where he's underrated. I think there's a player of real talent. Uh-huh. And when you're talking about a league like Portugal or maybe even Spain, I think that'd be... He's athletic enough, but he's also very calm and composed the ball. I could understand why a team like Porto would cover him. Uh, and you're right, it is very similar to Stuart Armstrong in that way. Like, Not to say their mind's made up, but... 
I think there's maybe a feeling that perhaps he might move on. So there's mm-hmm. other options there. Guys like Ryan Christie's obviously. I mean, has played slightly different positions, but mm-hmm. the Celtic have been able to cope without him. But they are, I think Celtic are a better team when Champ when playing his best. best. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think, I think the other issue with this is as well, that's been overlooked in this whole thing, is that players need games, players need runs of games. And then Champ's been unlucky this year with injuries. It's been stop-start, has it? has been stop-start, it's been stop-start. He was starting to build up a little head of steam and then the semi-final. Now's it, now's it worked out. His injury in the semi-final probably got Celtic a new player because at that stage, Ryan Christie, no one knew what was going to happen. Yeah. He came on at Murrayfield that day and basically since then he's just taken off. But in Cham was out for ages. He's been dripped into a couple of games that he hadn't started for a long time and then, and then started the game at Easter Road, which is one of the most high-tempo away games you're going to get and got caught cold had a bad game, Celtic were poor all over the pitch and they lost. Automatically, people look and go, well, that's in Cham's fault mm-hmm. because he, he did this or he did that or he didn't do that. Then he comes out the team again, you know, he's not involved at Pataudry and Boxing Day and then he dropped back into the team at Ibrox and he expected just to pick it up. No, that's uh-huh. It's not happened like that, you know, no. and, it's, and that's, it's no one's fault. It's circumstances because guys haven't been available. It's because guys, you know, have got injured and, and, and him himself has got injured, but he's not played a consistent spell of games this season uh-huh. really yeah. until he does and there will be a situation because it happens in football someone will break down in February God forbid you don't want to wish our luck on, on, on someone but someone will break down mm-hmm. and the door will open for Enchant to come in in 7 or 8 games again and you might be having this conversation in March saying that'll be a disaster if, if Enchant gets sold yeah. because that's just how <laughs> football is could you imagine having this conversation about Ryan Christie in October the 1st Absolutely last not, year no. You would have, people would have been saying send him back send him to Hibs on loan for another year there's no point he's another Scott Allen and now people are looking at the old firm game panicking because Ryan Christie might not be playing it changes so quickly mm-hmm. and people are so quick to write people off Yeah, I think they're still I agree with Graham I'm, I'm, there's definitely a player in there Aye. whether the combination with him and Scott Brown together works now or whether the two of them are too one-paced mm-hmm. but yeah. Scott's not going to be around there forever no. so a, a fit and flying and up to speed in Cham alongside in McGregor. Mm-hmm. Is that not an exciting prospect? I think it probably is. Yeah, I agree with that, 100%. There was one other game, I think, the one each draw at Fur Park. He ended up playing almost like a left wing role that night. And mm-hmm. uh, again, that's just, it was the way the system was. Yeah. It was slightly different. He just played more on the left side. Uh, and he actually made a good run that night for Christie to get in. But and Cham, at his best, as a player, just makes Celtic better, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be the main thing that I think Rodgers would obviously, Rodgers fully aware how good he is so I think that'll be something they'll be working on next few weeks and the games are favourable as well so there's a chance here for it is, Celtic it is, it's a favourable run isn't it yeah, I, think, I think, so. think he's he is due to, to come back into training next week but uh, not not a stick on to feature against Valencia has he? Well it was contradictory because the manager had said on Saturday night after the game that he, his quote was a few weeks mm-hmm. um, I believe today he's saying he'll hope to be back training next week and we don't know what level of training that is whether oh, exactly, that's just bad yeah. grass work you know training on the pitch and training with the squad and contact training are three different things so um, I'm not sure entirely where it stands um, just by listening to what the manager's saying if he says he might be back out in the grass next week you might be talking about him being up to speed by the first week in February so that would be encouraging mm-hmm. if that was the case so fingers crossed for the jam saying for Celtics says that's the case I think fingers crossed as well for Kieran Tierney, who is um, 
Not been not been training at all no. recently. Didn't didn't train at all in Dubai. Does he? Is that was that Dubai, correct? No, right? no, no. Well, as far as I'm uh-huh. aware, anyway, certainly the, the sessions that were made aware of. He, he didn't train. The, the medical staff had a, kept a close eye on him, and the, the, the word that we kept getting was monitoring, monitoring the situation, seeing how it is. Mm-hmm. Definitely uh, a concern, though. I mean, yeah. he hasn't played since the middle of December, and you know, it's, it could be know, a while it, before he's. Do you think this is just like a kind of accumulation of the the amount of football that. Kieran Tierney's had to play for such a young player over, say, the past, I don't know, 12 to 18 months. It's been Difficult, constant it? for him, it's is it? It's Everyone's different, you know. Uh-huh. Callum McGregor played more games in the calendar year than anybody else last mm-hmm. year. And, and, and exactly. he's, he's still looking sharp. No, I think that's a fair point. I think I think for Tierney, uh, talking about the injury as well, I think after the Salzburg game, he hobbled past me. Uh, and I think that was obviously a grueling game that night. But mm-hmm. it, it's a lot of football, of course it is, but... As Swanee says, that every player's different. I think uh-huh. he very quickly could be back in the pitch and back to his besties. I think when they're obviously just earning the side of caution as well. So I think it's given them a chance. I know touch the point at the end, but the mm-hmm. fixtures really are. It's a good run of fixtures for Celtic. So yeah, yeah, a lot of home five games. Five of the next six yeah, at I, home. I know that's that's really important. We're right in the other on. Uh, it's been ten wins out of ten domestically. Uh-huh. Thirty-one goals scored, four conceded. It's been. Uh, Pretty straightforward, and it's needed to be. It's needed to be that way because the way form's been so patchy. So, uh, I think for Celtic, I get Tierney by it will be really, really important. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you, you uh, mentioned it in your your column in today's paper, Swanee, that it's obviously the, the the guys up front are the ones who are going to get all the attention. But as you think, it's it's elsewhere that the the title's going to be won. Yeah, I think that um, Philip Benkovic and, and Dedrick Buata together together have been terrific basically, mm-hmm. all the way through the, the, the first half of the season. Uh, whenever they played together, they looked, especially in Europe, you know, they, when they got their chances in Europe, I think they Celtic had three games in Europe, if I've got that right, and they played in, they started in, and they won, they won all of them as well. Like yeah. Benkovic didn't play in the two away games, did he? Leipzig or Salzburg no. didn't play no. in them. Um, the two of them together just looked really, really good, um, and, I, and I think they're strong, I think they're solid, I think Benkovic is brave, I think Boat is quick, they're a very good standard. One's been a World Cup player. One's tipped to be a, a future international star as well. And I just think if they can keep the two of them fit and on form, it'll make a huge, huge difference. Mm-hmm. But obviously, the back four is a unit. And if you've got problems in the full-back areas, then, you know, they had Lustig fit and Tierney fully fit when the two of them were playing together. Now how's it going to pan out if the full-backs are chopping and changing? Yeah. And maybe not getting the same standard of protection from the sides that uh-huh. they're getting now, so... But, I mean, you guys know as well as I do, when it, it doesn't matter the golfing class between any particular team or who you think's better or who you think the favourite is. In the last run of games to a title, there will be umpteen games that are 1-0 with 15 minutes to go or mm-hmm. 2-1 with 15 minutes to go. And it's who can be calm and see those situations out because there'll be, there'll be 10 a penny between now and me. And it's who can handle it. Who doesn't slip up, lose the head, lose concentration, lose goals. Um, because as I said in the column, Celtic have been brilliant for two years. Well, brilliant the first season under Rodgers, attacking wise. They've been always great at times last year, but they gave nothing away virtually. Mm-hmm. You can count one hand the amount of really bad goals they lost. This season there's been loads, which is just so unlike them, and it's part of the reason why they're level on points at the top now and they're six, eight clear as they should be. Premiership action uh, on the verge of return. Celtic coasting St Mirren at Parkhead, Graham. But I understand there's a bit of a problem with the, the Parkhead pitch at the moment. No, I think it caught everyone unaware. So 
Celtic obviously basting the goal there. State the art. Two Deso million pitch. quid. Yeah. Well, Rangers for 1.5 to 2, but I think we'll go with 2. But no, it looked really good in the first part of the season. I think Rodgers preached about the importance. Like, he obviously wants a fast style of play. Mm-hmm. I think that was a frustration previously. Uh, maybe team sitting, or what you, the hipsters would call a low block. Uh, but oh no, there we go. But we'll leave that out. Baby uh, exactly, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's the ability to move the ball quick and the pitch uh, was able to cope with that. But uh, Saturday night it looked a bit of a shambles. So uh, Brendan was talking about it today, saying it's diseased. Uh, diseased, <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's some really quite uh, bad patches, a bit uh-huh. bumpy. Just Scott Sinclair, as I touched upon earlier, will be claiming that's what when, uh, was the problem with well, short just with the exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, but I know that they need that obviously sorted because the home form's been vitally important and uh, it looked a bit long as well. I think that might be part of yeah. it where uh, sure, we'll have to throw it out to, uh, to yeah, try and get the back we'll up hear to We'll from Craig on that shortly. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, that'll, be, that'll be right. That is important though. Oh, I definitely. Think, oh, it is, it is, I think exactly. it's very important because if you look at you know some of the games that Celtic have had, you touched on it, they a brilliant home record. That you know Fast football and getting in and getting... It can only happen on a good pitch. I mean, Rodgers yeah. wasn't talking gibberish last year when he talked oh. about this he was right mm-hmm. that one and two touch has to be the way that they're going to cut through these teams and get through I mean an example earlier this season was it the Hibs game at Celtic Park when they scored a couple of goals just rat tat tat yeah. on the edge of the box and got in the Hibs were flying at that time and Celtic took them apart yeah Hibs coming to Celtic Park what two weeks in a, in a midweek or something mm-hmm. imagine it's a different pitch I'm not saying that, that uh-huh. you know, Hibs are the type of team that will sit in but you, you know what I'm getting at yeah. basically Celtic need to be able to be to play at their best at their optimum and have uh-huh. conditions to suit that's why you pay whatever amount of quid we've decided on <laughs> <for a pitch. laughs> I don't know maybe the it'll, be a different, it'll be a different figure next week maybe the glitter balls burn the hole in the pitch <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> the glare um, but, but what do we obviously St Mern at home um as we've we've alluded to a good few times, it's the start of a a run that 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 really could you know have you know implications for the rest of the season. Five of the next six at home for Celtic, um, they play St Johnston twice in that that run. Although one of those is away, I understand uh-huh. uh, they've got Hibs to come, Hamilton. Um, so St Mirren at home, it's 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 a great chance to to start that run off on the right footing. Would you say? Oh, hundred uh- percent. I think anyone that's watched St Myrna this season, they're a bit off the pace. And there was a photo the other day on Kearney uh, when Kyle McAllister had scored the winner. Uh, it's almost, it's, it's not harsh, but it's almost like Ronnie Dyle-esque. And when I say that, I mean how relieved he looked when the goal mm-hmm. uh, hit the back of the net. And there's a real, they've obviously brought a few new players in, but they, I know Dundee obviously are struggling as well, but I thought St Myrna, even with the manager change, there's not a big difference uh, and I think they're one of these teams Hamilton for a long time when they come uh, to Celtic part of just nothing to offer and I don't think St Myrne will either mm-hmm. I think Celtic want to uh, play at pace uh, they've obviously got their uh, legs back under them from the weekend so I'd imagine good pitch or not I think they'll be able to score a few goals and win comfortably mm, Do you think there might be a start for Weir this time around given Burke get a, a run out at the weekend or no no, I don't no. see it. It's too, it's too <laughs> important. I, I just think, uh, not, nothing against the lad, but it's too important. I mean, it, it's, it's easy for us to sit and say, you know, that it's a winnable run, but you've got to go out and do it. Yeah, yeah that's now, and, and, I, and to me, the next six-game run could basically win Celtic the league, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest with you, because of course it'll depend how others go, but, you know, Rangers got to come on on Wednesday night. 
a trip to Pataudry in there as well. Going to Livy as well. Kelly play Aberdeen. Everybody's cutting each other's throats. The, the type of games that Celtic had through December when they had, you know, away at Hibs and away at Pataudry and away at Ibrox. Mm-hmm. Their, their run now is against mainly against teams in the bottom six. Yep. Whereas the top six teams are all playing each other and cutting each other's throats. If Celtic were to go take 18 points, I'd be pretty certain they'd be at least six clear. Yep. Six clear with 10 games to go or whatever, or how many games left. Six, six, six clear with 10 or 11 games to go. Mm-hmm. You'd be you'd take a brave man to put a pound against them in, in that position. Do you agree with that, Graham? Yeah, that's bang on. I think... Celtic, because it was so dominant, so you, it's not as if Celtic changed managers. Brendan Rodgers was the same guy who, invincible season, but that's that was never going to be the case. So Celtic losing a few games against rivals, uh, it was never to be expected. But this is a winnable run for Celtic now, uh, and I think Swanee's banging the money. I think the time is now really. They've been able to bring a few bodies in early. Uh, hopefully, bring in more fresh faces. But each fixer, you need to win the games. They're not playing paper so but there, there, there is a chance here and I think as Swanee says Celtic one of these games are playing is their game in hand so that would take them three points ahead of Rangers yep. and then from there I think uh, six points would be a pretty realistic target to be ahead of the rest and you, you, he's right there's, there's for that position a team that's already won the league with players that there'd be a panic if Aberdeen Rangers were nearby they would mm-hmm. every points a prisoner so yeah but they're so used to leading from the front as well it's not yeah yeah, 100% but again there's there's not been the title challenge and Swanee was making a great point earlier on about those tight games where teams that there might be a golf in quality between say it's Aberdeen or Rangers who push Celtic but when if there's two to three points within it with five games to go every game's it's not like other games no it is it's different uh it's a different and that's not been there for a long time and a lot of Celtic players haven't experienced that so uh, there's no guarantees but they're obviously the fun favourites to go on and do it just a couple of predictions for the midweek game just to finish us off. Uh, 4-0. You'd expect Celtic to win with a clean sheet. Uh, two, two or three maybe. Yeah, two or three, four, I don't know. Right, there we have a comfortable... <laughs> <Full of> conviction. <laughs> a, comfortable <laughs> uh, a comfortable win predicted all round for Celtic uh, this week. That's all from us. Uh, we'll be back again next midweek with more news and analysis on all things Celtic. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, you can by tweeting us at record underscore sport. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.